Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Suratullahi wassalamuhu alayhi Amma ba'id Alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islami wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. We continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadilatul Shaykh Imam Imam bin Baz rahimahullah ta'ala. The book which is entitled Durus Muhimma Li'amatil Ummah Important Lessons for the General Masses of the Ummah or for every Muslim. We have reached or are still on the section that is dealing with the Arkan, Arkanul Iman, the pillars of Iman. And now, that might be. And we have reached the first pillar from the pillars of Iman. And that is the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The belief in Allah azza wa jal. وَقَالَ فُضِيُّتُ الشَّيْخِ الشَّيْخِ عَبْدُ الرَّزَاقِ بن شيخ عبد المحسن العباد حفظهم الله تعالى that والأصل هذه الأصول and the foundation of these foundations the foundation of these pillars then verily it is الإيمان بالله عز وجل that it is the belief in Allah عز وجل this is the foundation of the pillars of Iman. Naam is the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَبَقِيَّةُ الْأُصُولِ تَبَعٌ لَهُ وَفَرْعٌ عَنْهُ And the rest of the pillars of Iman, then they follow the belief. They follow this pillar, meaning the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are branches that stem off from it. Naam. Wandur. Tabiyyat hadhi al-usul lihadha al-asl fi mithli qawlihi ta'ala. And look how the rest of the pillars, they follow this pillar as it comes in the statement of Allah the Most High. Kullun amana billah wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulih. لا نفرق بين أحد من رسله وقالوا سمعنا وأطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير In Allah Ta'ala's statement what translated means and they all believe in Allah and in his angels and in his books 
in his messengers and they make no distinction between anyone from amongst his messengers and they say we hear and we obey forgive us O our Lord and unto you is our return Allah Ta'ala He says and in His angels and in His books and in His messengers now so you see that each one of these then they are referring back and link back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala but the origin or the foundation we should say is what? is the belief in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and then the rest of the pillars of Iman then they will follow subsequently then they will follow Naam. This is something that it is tremendous for us to understand the connection, the connection between the the the, the other pillars of faith and between the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That these yani usul tabi'ah the Iman Billah Azza wa Jal. So these pillars then they will follow and they are following the belief or the pillar of the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Asul Usul Al Iman wa A'zamiha and thus it is the Asul is the origin, the origin of the fundamental pillars of Iman and the greatest of them, then verily it is Iman. Al-Iman Billah It is the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Now when we reflect on this And we understand the importance of this Then it is incumbent for us to know What then therefore constitutes belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala What constitutes belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? To put it another way, then what is it or what does it mean to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now, this is seemingly a simple question. Naam. But unfortunately, you'll find many of the Muslims, they are incapable of giving the accurate answer. Right? Now, I don't want anyone to say the answer out loud but I want each person to reflect to reflect to themselves and to answer this question to themselves because then we'll be able to see and gauge and weigh and measure our understanding and to see whether or not we hit the mark or whether or not we come up short. Naam. And in that, let that be a reminder to all of us, bidnilahi ta'ala, to focus in on those things that are really important. Naam. And bidnilahi ta'ala, it will serve as a reminder to us to filter out all of the noise and things that are not really that important okay so again I want everyone to answer to themselves if someone were to ask you 
What does it mean to believe in Allah? Belief in Allah, what does that constitute? What does it mean to believe in Allah? Now, again, seemingly a simple question. This is a question that perhaps a non-Muslim will ask. And what does it mean to believe in Allah? Right? Now I want you to answer to yourself. Don't say it out loud. Answer to yourself. Formulate in your mind. What, what would you say if you were asked that question? If someone posed that question to you, what would you say? What would be your response? Now, I give everyone a little bit. Let that marinate for a little bit. The Fadil to Shaykh, he mentions, as Shaykh Abdul Razak, he says, Al Imanu Billah, that belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, huwa al Iman bi wahdaniyatillah azza wa jal, that this is Iman in the oneness of Allah azza wa jal. Iman in the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal fi rububiyyatihi inside of his lordship wa uluhiyyatihi and inside of his uluhiyya meaning that all of the ibadah belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa asma'ihi wa sifatihi and inside of his names and his attributes that we single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as relates to these three affairs. Naam, that we single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as relates to these three affairs. Wabihada yu'alam anna al-iman billah tabarak wa ta'ala yaqumu ala arkani thalatha. So with this we know that the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then it will be built upon Three pillars. That belief in Allah Azza wa Jal is subsequently built upon three pillars. Ma'am? Now. Now. Uh, I want you now to answer to yourself. Now that you have heard what the Shaykh mentions, answer to yourself. When that question was posed, when you pose that question to yourself as relates to what does it mean to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, was this your answer? Did you come up with this? Again, answer to yourself. Answer to yourself, right? Is this what you came up with? Yes or no? Right? Then after that, I want you to ask yourself, do you know what is the reality of these three affairs? What is the reality of these three pillars? Meaning, do you know what does it mean to believe in the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What does it mean to believe in the lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is that? Right? Do you know what does it be- mean to believe in the uluhiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What does it mean to believe in singling out all of the ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What does that mean? What enters into that? Likewise, what does it mean to believe in the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What enters into that? Naam? If, if you want, you can bring them closer, bring them here, no problem. Yani. Okay. Naam? 
let reflect on that. What does it mean? Again, answer to yourself and then compare it to what the Shaykh he mentions. Now, answer to yourself and then compare it to what the Shaykh he mentions. Maybe the other two, perhaps. Now, why is this important? And why do I keep stopping so that we can reflect on whether or not we know these answers? Right? This is something that is extremely important. This is something that we have to know, and everyone, every Muslim, they have to know the answer. Why? Because the Shaykh he mentions, he says, لا يكون العبد مؤمنا إلا بالإيمان بها وتحقيقها. He said, because a slave will not be a believer. A slave, he will not be a believer unless he believes in these three affairs, meaning what? Correctly. And that they establish them. That a person will not be a believer unless he believes in these three affairs properly and he established them. So now this is what? This is tremendously important, right? Because is there any success for an abd if he's not a believer? Is there any success for the slave if he's not a believer? No way. There is none. Because the success is for the believers. The success is for the believers. Now, so now let us look at them. The first is an Iman is the belief in the oneness of Allah as relates to his rububiyyah. That relates to his rububiyyah. The rububiyyah is translated as lordship. The lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what does that mean? Again, answer to yourself. A person says, what is a tawheed rububiyyah? What is it? Right? Answer to yourself. And now we're going to compare. Again, what is the objective of this? Is as a reminder to ourselves that we need to focus in on that which is really important. And filter out the rest of these things that not so much. Right? The Shaykh he mentions, he says, That we single out, yani the belief that we single out Allah alone as relates to Lordship without the associating of any partners with Him. That we single Allah out alone in Lordship and we don't associate any partner with Him. Again, a person, what does it mean, Lordship? What enters, what affairs enters into Lordship? To single out Allah alone in, in, in His Lordship. Naam, beautiful, jameel. 
But what enters into lordship? What are those affairs that enter into it and that are connected to it? Do we know? Again, I want everyone to answer to themselves. Not out loud, answer to themselves. Naam. If we know, alhamdulillah, praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase all of us in khayr. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase all of us in good. If we don't know, it's okay. It's okay. As Shaykh Saleh Abd Aziz Al Shaykh he mentions, the fact that a person doesn't know something is not blameworthy. Because all of us are born knowing nothing. Then we learn. Okay? So no matter what you know right now, there was a time where you didn't know it. No matter what a human being knows right now, there was a time when he or she did not know it. So not knowing something with them within itself is not blameworthy. Right? The Shaykh he mentions, he says, however, remaining ignorant about those things that you know that you need to know about, that's blameworthy. To remain ignorant about those things that you know, you know you need to know about, then that is blameworthy. Naam. So what it enters into Rububiyyah, what enters into Rububiyyah, the Lordship, meaning that there is no partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as relates to what? Khalqan, wa rizqan, wa tasarrufan, wa tadbiran, wa ihya'an, wa imatatan. That there is no partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as relates to creation, as relates to provisions, as relates to the arranging of affairs, as relates to giving life and as relates to causing death. Meaning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the only creator. Nothing else creates. No one else creates. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the only sustainer. So our rizq is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our provisions, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala withholds our provisions, no one can give it to us. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to us our provisions, no one can take it. That which has been decreed for us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is ours, no one else can have it. That which has not been decreed for us, is not ours and no one can give it to us. Naam. I want everyone to reflect upon this because you see, this is the connection between the proper aqidah and the proper way that an individual will deal with their life and how it will form the proper perspective. Now, because if a person is in need of food, drink, whatever the case may be, they will understand that what that ultimately it is what. Allah, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will provide them with such. Now, coupled with the fact that what? Allah has made it mandatory upon us that we take the means. Allah has made it mandatory upon us that we take the means, that we take the footsteps, right? But the reality is that what? Is that the tawfiq is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, for example, 
We eat from crops. Correct? We eat from crops. Just because the farmer puts the seed inside of the soil, he tills the soil, put the seed inside of the soil, fertilize water, whatever the case is, does whatever it needs to be done as relates to that particular crop. Does that mean that that crop will produce a yield? No, it does not. Does not mean that at all. Now, how many crop? How many? How many? Yeah, any crops don't produce yield, right? And then, how many wild vegetables do we find that no one has? Yeah, any, no human being has 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 in, intervened with and the like. Which shows us that what? That ultimately what? The tawfiq, the success, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These crops reaching their full fruition and having producing a good yield, all of that is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the rain water don't come down, if Allah does not send down the rain, it's not coming down, period. Ma'am, it makes sense? So we have to take the means because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that mandatory upon us. He made it mandatory upon us to take the means. But the provider of provisions is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, but I want you to look and reflect because you see, <clears throat> perhaps there is a disconnection with, 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 with certain people. Perhaps. And this is why they don't understand and their lives are not being shaped and, and, and altered by the likes of these things. But for example, what enters into this is any risk and things of nature is what? Is you having a job. Right? You having a job. Making halal money so you can buy whatever it is you need to buy. This is all of this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you lose your job or you're in need of a job, you move to a new place, new land, you're looking, you need a job, looking for a job. Ultimately, who should you be connected to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this as relates to everything inside your life. You should be, you should be connected unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, whatever human being is there at your disposal, that Allah ta'ala has put there at your disposal, is a means by way in which you may be able to find something. But that is not going to be the ultimate reason why you get the job. No, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An example of this is how many people have the right background educationally, have the right background as far as their employment history, right? They know people in the, in, in the company. You know, they got the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? It's what they say, but they be looking at the wrong thing. Because just because you know a human being don't mean nothing. Right? Just because you know a human being doesn't mean nothing. If you wanna yeah, understand this statement correct, then connect it to what? To, to listen. And if I don't know nobody else in the world from the human beings, it's fine. Because I know about my Lord, Allah Azza wa Jal, and that's all I need. That's all I need. Naam. But in any event, how many people quote unquote got the hookup? And after all of that, and it came to the interview, and they performed well, and the interviewer seemingly liked them, and after all of that, they still didn't get the job, right? Because it wasn't it wasn't written for you. 
So the tawfiq is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Now when a person really understands this, then they will constantly be connected unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person really understands that it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will provide him with that which he is looking for, then what? He wouldn't put, for lack of a better term, a lot of stock inside of human beings because he understands ultimately nothing is in the hand of that human being. Ultimately, nothing is in the hand of that human being. That ultimately, that human being can't do anything for him or against him. Now, that that human being can't do anything for him or against him. Likewise, if he understands that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the, the disposer of affairs, or Allah ta'ala who is the arranger of affairs, that Allah arranges the affairs. Now, whatever you're looking for in your life, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who will arrange that for you. A person is sick. Only Allah cures. It is Allah who decrees who will be healthy, who will be sick. So who will you be connected to if you need something health-wise? Unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, so whatever medicine that you may take, whatever doctor you may go see and so on and so forth, all of that is taking the means. But, but that within itself, by itself, that's not going to make you better. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cures. Now, the cure is from Allah only. That makes sense? So it help it affects your life. A person looking to get married, who decrees, Who's, who gets married, who's single, so on and so forth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. person want to get married, then your connection is what? It's to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, so on and so forth, from the different things in life that people look for, right? Well, this aladhalik, you utilize that as a frame of reference. But the point is, is that if a person understands in truth, the likes of these things, how is it possible that they will have no effect or bearing upon their life? How is that possible? How is it possible that it will have no effect and bearing on the rectification of your life? These are the things within itself that will help you make your life better. Right? Because now you know how to properly deal with everything. When good things come, you know it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you are thankful unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When things, when you are tested with poverty, with times that are rough and tough, your connection is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're patient because you know it's just a test. And you're patient until Allah is steadfast upon obedience, so on and so forth. Right? So, you, so, you, so it's easy to weather the storm, for lack of a better term. You have the tools to weather the storm. In any event, all of these things, life, death, it's all by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh was on and he mentions, he says, That the affair, all of it is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that all of the creation, then they are yani, subjected to Allah's Yani, uh, arrangement of them. And Allah Ta'ala will subject them huh? and subjugate them. All of them are under the, the subjugation and the arrangement of Allah Ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Rabbul Alameen. Because Allah Azza wa Jalla is the Lord of all that exists.
Allah is the Lord of all that exists. Allah Azza wa Jalla. This is of extreme importance because yani, we have to connect, we have to connect ourselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever you need, ask Allah. For the little, the mediocre, and the big, ask Allah. Whatever it is you need, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you will not get it unless Allah blesses you with it. Ma'am, unless Allah blesses you with it. So once you understand that reality, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you may be rewarded. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you may be rewarded. And then thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you could be rewarded. And be patient on that which Allah ta'ala has decreed upon you so that you can be rewarded. And like this, the believer, because of his proper belief, then his affair, all of it is good. His affair, all of it is good. Right? But, so all of the creation, Allah ta'ala, He is the Lord of all the creation, all that exists. وَخَالِقُهُمْ And He is their creator. وَخَالِقُهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ He created all of them. وَمَالِكُهُمْ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ And Allah ta'ala, He is, he is the one who owns them. And, and there is no partner. There is no partner with Him in that. وَمُتُصَرِّفِهِمْ And Allah Ta'ala is the one who arranges the affairs. Allah Ta'ala who is arranges their affairs, He interchanges and switches their situations and so on and so forth. Hayatan wa mawtan. That Allah Ta'ala, He is the one who arranges their affairs. So it is Allah is the one who gives. Allah Ta'ala is the one who withholds. So whether or not a person is given, is from Allah. If Allah restricts from a person, that's from Allah. Now if Allah gives you, no one can take. If Allah restricts from you, no one can give. Those who are subjugated, who are humiliated, those who are lowly, and those who are high. All of this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's all a test. It's all a test. It doesn't mean that those who are, are high, meaning in, in worldly terms, that these are those whom Allah loves, and those who are low in worldly terms are those whom Allah hates. No. No. Whether you are from the affluence or you are from the low of society, all of it is a test. All of it is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah raises whom He chooses and He lowers whom He chooses. Whether or not a person only has a little bit or it is flooded, the gates are flooded for them and they have a whole lot. Whether or not a person is has nobility or they are lowly. Whether yani life and death, all of it is by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An amr, amru, jalla wa'ala. That the command is His command, jalla wa'ala. The command is His and His alone. It belongs unto Him and to Him alone, jalla wa'ala. Wal khalq, khalqu. And the creation is His creation, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because of His creation, yahkumu fihim ma yureed. He does unto them what He wants, right? He governs them the way that He wants. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَقْضِ فِيهِمْ بِمَا يَشَاءَ 
and yani, he disposes yani, their affairs and rules them and judges them as he pleases. There is no one that could delay his ruling. No one could delay the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person is supposed to die at a particular time, no one could come and give him more life, delay it. No one could come and delay it. If a person is supposed to be born at a particular time, no one could delay that birth. Right? It's coming. Whether they like it, don't like it, it's coming at this time. Because this is when it's been decreed to come. If a person is going to be blessed with a particular blessing, then that blessing it will come at that particular time. It will not be delayed. Right? If a person is decreed that some harm will come to that person, for example, when we ask Allah for afiyah wa salama, but if it's been decreed that a person is going to break a limb, going to break his arm, for example, right? He can't trade it off and say, okay, I know I'm supposed to break my arm today, I'm going to delay it, I'm going to break it three weeks from now. I got to move, I got to help a brother move, I got to carry any boxes and that, so delay it three weeks and then I'll break it then. No, there's no. No negotiating like that. No one could delay the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. All of us are subject to Allah Ta'ala's command. And no one could yani, uh, repel the decree of Allah. No one could repel that. If Allah has decreed something for you, then it will happen. No one could 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 delay it. Naam. No one could delay it. Now, again, when we reflect over the likes of these things, how is it possible for the person that truly believes, how is it possible that then they will uh, be unaffected by this belief? This belief will affect their life. It will change their life. It will affect the whole of their situation. Right? And again, this is what only an aspect, there's only one of the three aspects from what it means to properly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just in this aspect, from this point, this standpoint right here, you see major rectification for the life of a person. Major rectification for his life, yeah, and he, uh, uh, for his health, right? For his mental health, his spiritual, spiritual health, first and foremost, right? His mental health. Because this, this, this health will be mentally strong. You can deal with adversity if you understand and believe correctly. It helps you better to deal with it. Helps you be mentally strong. Right? You don't find a person that has the, the, the proper belief becoming broken. Becoming broken when adversity happens. The people that get broke when adversity happens is what is the kuffar. Those who lose hope in the mercy of Allah, their hope, the kuffar, as Allah Ta'ala informs in the Quran, they are the only ones who have despair at the mercy of Allah, the kuffar. So they are broken because they deserve it. They don't believe correctly, right? So they deserve all the all the all everything of, of badness that happens in Siddha. It's what they get for not believing correctly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The believer, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts the believer through a trial of tribulation, is not to break them. It's not to break them, but it is to raise their rank. <clears throat> because of the adversity that they go through, this will raise their rank in the Akhirah. Also, because of the adversity that they go through, it will be a cause and a, and, and a reason to expiate the sins of a person. Right? Every worry, 
every pain, every ache, every bit of anxiety, huh? sins come off. Sins come off. That which aches you, it pains you, sins come off. From the prick of a thorn, to a belly ache, to a headache, to the aches and pains you will suffer in your joints and your limbs because of the flu, whatever the case may be, sins come off. Whatever may worry you, sins come off because you're being worried, being stressed. Sins is coming off, right? So for the believer, it's all a good opportunity for him. So they eat, so they so and, and, and so it's easy for them to deal with the lives of these things, right? So it's not to break you, it's to make you better. It's to raise you in your rank, it's to forgive you because of what you have earned of evil with your own hands, yeah? and so on and so forth, as a means, yani, so that you can be forgiven, rather. A means that you can be forgiven for what you have done by way of your your, your own hands. Ma'am, that makes sense? Allah Azza wa Jal, He says in Surah Ali Imran, Showing us this reality. They say, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, the owner of the kingdom. Because it is Allah who owns what? The kingdom. He gives the kingdom to whom he pleases. Allah is the one who he gives the kingdom. To whom he pleases. And he takes the kingdom from whom he pleases. Right? So rulership, governance, all this stuff. Allah Ta'ala decrees who will be ruler over whatever and who will fall out of power. Allah gives it to whom he pleases and he takes it from whom he pleases. Naam. What to Izzu and oh Allah, it is you who He honors and makes noble whom He pleases. And He humiliates whom He pleases. Now, it is Allah who makes noble whom He pleases and He, and he humiliates whom He pleases. <clears throat> Listen to this. When we understand this reality that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who raises people and who lowers people, then the abd that has ikhlas, he will never ever try to find nobility from the creation. He will never try to find nobility from the creation. He will never do things so that he is viewed in a good light with these set of people. Right? And he wouldn't be scared of doing things because it will reduce his status with these particular people. But because of his belief in Allah Ta'ala, because of his tawheed, right? he will do what is pleasing unto Allah. Whether that will raise his rank with the people or lower his rank with the people. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what those people think about him. He doesn't care how those people see him. He doesn't care what those people may deem. Uh, yani, uh, about him and ha- whatever opinion they may have about him, he doesn't care. She doesn't care. Why? Because they're only concerned with their status and their standing with Allah. Now, now we all say that. Everyone says that. 
Unfortunately though, it's very rare you actually see it. Now this is not saying, this is not a license that this to be disrespectful. Because some people, yeah, I mean, they say this and, this and use it as an excuse to be disrespectful. No, no, don't, don't be disrespectful. But at the same time, but at the same time, if Shaykh so-and-so get mad at you, because you did something that is pleasing unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how much should you really care about that? Right? How much should you really care about that? Shouldn't care about it at all. Shouldn't care about it at all. That would be a situation where we just, you know, out of respect, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Right? Why? Because you're seeking to doing what is pleasing unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not your aim to do that which is pleasing to the creation, which may be displeasing unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, so for example, let's give an example. If a believer is being backbitten in your presence, because the people in that gathering have hatred for that particular believer, but it's unjust, it's oppression, it's not justified, right? Would it behoove you to go along and also backbite that person? Or would it be better for you and behoove you to remind them to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't backbite this person, don't transgress against the right of the Muslim? Of course, the latter, to remind them to fear Allah, do not backbite and transgress against this particular individual because it's haram, it's oppression, it's backbiting, it's haram, don't do this. Allah is not pleased with this. Allah has made backbiting haram. Right? Now, that will be pleasing unto Allah. You might get into trouble with that crowd. They might not like you no more. They might talk bad about you. You now might be the, 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 the aim of their backbiting. You now might be the aim and the target of their slander. But, okay, it's fine. <laughs> no problem. Right? Because what? Because you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But how often is this done? How often really is this done? Allah ta'ala, the ayah, it goes on to say, In your hands is all of the good. You are over all things capable. You can do anything. Allah Ta'ala has the ability to do everything. You are able to do all things. Now, وَقَالَ تَعَالَى Allah Ta'ala He says, هَلْ مِنْ خَالِقٍ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ يَرْزُقُكُمْ is there a creator other than Allah that gives you sustenance? Is there a creator other than Allah that provides for you and gives you sustenance? Then of course we know with this the answer, it is no. The answer, it is no. Naam. And then the Shaykh Ta'ala, he goes on to get into the other two pillars and aspects 
that are needed to believe properly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, we are going to save that for the next class. Bithnillahi ta'ala fa naktafi bihada al-qadar wa sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakumullahu khayra